Picks Mix is brought to you by the Arrow Meta Show, broadcasting on liberated syndication on youtube.com forward slash Arrow Meta Show and is in association with the Old School Lane podcast. Picks Mix is brought to you by oldschoollane.blogspot.com and is associated with the Aaron Meta Show. Welcome to Picks Mix with Aaron and Patricia. Hey, Patricia, how are you doing? Um, well, I'm doing pretty decent enough, especially since we're going to be tackling in another Pixar movie this week. That's sort of decent, somewhat, but we'll get to more in details about that later. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I got to be honest with everybody. I mean, uh, everyone finds uh, you know this particular genre. Maybe a pretty cool genre, but uh, I've got to be honest with everybody. This one is uh, far out of my taste, really. And so uh, I've got to be honest with everybody. When I first uh, came to uh, try to review this film, I had to take a break halfway through. Mm, so, yeah, uh, me too. And, and not not to get me don't get me wrong, there are some movies that are able to pull it off. You know, okay. I mean, there's like the Herbie movies that Disney's done, and there are a couple of other like NASCAR movies that are supposed to be either like biographical or trying to be funny. But yeah, the fact that you know, shortly after The Incredibles, we got in this movie, and then this movie just became just a freaking huge phenomenon. It's just, I- I'm just questioning on why. Okay. So, let's tell everybody what we're talking about, but uh, before we begin, um, we already hit one roadblock, and that is that uh, apparently the um, music rights apparently are copyrighted. And, uh, it's oh, like goody, are we going to play another Star Fox uh, soundtrack music in order for us to put into as a, pl- a replacement? Well, I'll tell you what, actually. Do you remember in the uh, Sega Genesis video that uh, you and I did for casual chat? And uh, somehow in that video, we somehow managed to come across uh, talking about the Super FX chip for the Super Nintendo. Yeah, so, I remember. Uh, I have found some uh, somewhat uh, re- replacement music, so uh, let's see how people go with this. <laughs> Yeah, so it's the themes of Stunt Race FX on uh, the Super Nintendo, so it sort of works. Yeah, it definitely works a lot better than the football anthem from Monsters University. I have to say, yeah, so... Uh, anyway, uh, by the way, before anyone gets confused, no, we're not going to talk about Stunt Race FX instead of this, which I really wish we did. That would be uh, great. I'll definitely put down on the list of doing a Super Nintendo Memories podcast. Maybe maybe sometime in the future, especially after we do the British game shows, one that we discussed about the Arameta show last week. i got a better idea. Can't we do that instead of this? <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Just give me a list, and then we'll have uh, myself, we'll have uh, Tom, we'll have... Um, uh, everybody, bring everybody in, and then we'll talk about this, and we'll just leave cars on the background, because 
I don't want to talk about it. I, I don't know. Well, I'm sure there's some people here expecting us to talk about cars. So uh, well, we we had to, we, but it, it was pretty inevitable. We we have to we have to deliver, unfortunately. Eh, so, yeah. Right, fine. And uh, you know, it's because uh, uh, I mean, um, so cars became a thing. And uh, it was put. It was put in development, and uh, also, actually, unfortunately, they had a, they had a, a they had a, someone who passed away during the uh, production, and uh, it was uh, Joe Ramft, uh, who died in a car crash in 2005. You know, well, how, how, I don't want to. I don't really want to comment too much on that. Or Nick is that like you're 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 uh, creating a film about cars and you die in a car crash. Yeah, that's kind of poor taste, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. And we did discuss about in the Cars Three. Uh, discussion that we did a while ago was that uh, John Lasseter was heavily influenced by uh, movies such as like, um, I think it was like uh, Holiday or something and basically like he was heavily inspired by you know, his family trips in an RV going over to Route 66 and you know, he had just a huge love and fascination for, you know, all of his family trips and that particular movie so he decided that he was going to do a movie based off of Cars. And as we said last time on the Cars 3 uh, discussion, that just because that an idea sounds good on paper and you're influenced by it, doesn't always mean that it's going to work. Yeah. And uh, some people actually might be pointing out, and so, you know, I know we're going to probably pointing out some glaring errors in this because, I mean, one, we're not entirely enthusiastic with about cars, but uh, some people are going to say, yeah, the thing that you're seeing in front of you is not the uh, the official movie cover, it's the DVD cover. And uh, let me just safely say this, it's the same as when I was trying to put together Cars 3, uh, because, uh, for the for the, for the the graphic that you're seeing in front of you, because uh, in when I was looking at Cars 3, the majority of the images are the toys, not the movie and even to the yeah, point where i exactly. can't even find you, the original you told me that yeah. and i had to look for myself and yeah it's either the toys or the shorts that came with it and my god there are so many car shorts is that even funny i know uh, actually we're speaking of shorts so uh, we should actually speak about the uh, the uh, short that came with this movie before uh, we end up uh, we end up forgetting about it and uh, that is that uh, if you've got the theatrical if you went to the theatrical or you got the home video release uh, the short that came with it was one man band which was released in 2005 yes yeah. and it's a really good short very entertaining and a very interesting Interesting concept. So basically, it's about this little girl who has a coin, and then there's these two poor musicians who are playing music competitively in order for them to get the coin. And it's a very good short. There's like practically no dialogue, but the tension of it is really high. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I like how uh, it's a, it's a musical short, isn't it? So uh, yes, I mean, yeah. You, you, I love I love kind of like how they take you know, concepts and uh, try and make them into story material. And so, like, and you can definitely tell a story with music. I mean, if you remember in uh, remember in the Prince of Egypt when uh, Moses discovers the burning bush, and then he goes back and tells everybody about it, and you just hear the music just kind of you know uh, play up, and uh, you can tell how excited he is about uh, you know discovering God in this bush. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's, uh, so it's, yeah, music can, uh, can bring up all sorts of emotions and uh, tell all sorts of stories, and uh, that's what one one man band uh, you know tries to do here, and uh, does it to a very good effect. Yeah, in fact, I you know similar to when we talked about uh, the good dinosaur, and I said that Sanjay's super team was even better. Yeah, this short was even better than Cars. Mm-hmm. And also, just to mention as well, there was another short that uh, came with it, which was an exclusive DVD uh, release, which was uh, Mater and the Ghost Light. 
Um, uh, yeah. uh, I've never seen it before, but I like I said before, there are so many car shorts that I haven't even caught up with it. I was gonna say the abundance of car shorts is uh, you know, far and few between, but uh, these are like the official shorts, if you will. These are the ones that actually came with the Cars movie. So okay. uh, the other ones are just, uh, as far as I'm aware, are just uh, you know, le- you know leeching on uh, from from afar. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so. Um, so the story of uh, cars, let's get into this. So the film opens with the uh, final race of the 2006 Piston Cup stock car racing season and the championship of the Motor Speedway of the South, uh, where a skilled but arrogant rookie race car known as Lightning McQueen has overtaken his opponents, uh, passed a huge wreck, and has built up a huge uh, lead over the Cup's defending, but soon retiring seven-time champion uh, Strip the King Weathers. And so, uh, and also uh, brings in uh, runner-up uh, Chick Hicks, who uh, I think... Yeah, is, and this uh, is where we first get introduced to the cocky attitude of Lightning McQueen because when we saw him in Cars 3, he did have that, but then he was pretty much being mocked by all the younger cars saying that he was old. So now we get to see him in his prime. And yeah, basically... Um, you know, we see the race and we see all the cars cheering for him and he's like really, really cocky, kind of like winking at the camera and, you know, speeding past everyone, kind of like doing that little, uh, shortcut with cutting through the wall. So yeah, we can see right away that he is the most popular car among all the racers. And also just to uh, let everybody know, now I know why, uh, the, you know, the announcer guy in, uh, Cars 3 was uh, such a jackass to uh, to Lightning McQueen because we all know he's pretty much, uh, I mean, the antagonist, quote-unquote, of uh, Cars 1. So uh, I I finally know, I finally put two and two together. Yeah. uh, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, however, because of his refusal to make regular pit stops, uh, pit stops with new tires, uh, his uh, w- rear tire gets worn and bursts into flames in the final lap, causing him to skid and ultimately crawl to the finish line rather than actually going comfortably towards it. And so he has to stick his tongue out in order, basically, to uh, do a, like a three-way tie between uh, uh, Strip and Chick. And so, and yeah. then it's announced that uh, there's going to be, yeah. and then there's going to is announced after that that there's going to be a tie, there's going to be a tiebreaker race at the Los Angeles Speedway in California. And uh, yeah, right off the bat, this is the kind of weird, you know, thing about this because I mean you've got realistic locations, you know, as in Los Angeles, California, and stuff. But then it's mixed in with like you know, like you know, places like you know, Radiator Springs and Truckville. And, uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Suplex City. I mean, like, uh, you know, um, all these kind of, like, random places. And then... Yeah, I mean, we could argue the same thing that in a lot of other movies, they have fictional towns and fictional cities and real states. So that that way they can be able to create uh, an atmosphere and a setting. But, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I guess... We're probably going to mention this throughout the entire movie that you have a world of cars. Everything's a car. There's no humans. There's no animals. Everything is a car. And yet at the same time, it tries to suspend our disbelief of all these races and then traveling around into various locations that are familiar to us humans and then a whole bunch of places that don't even exist. So I was going to say, because eh. even, even, even the insects are cars. They're literally beetles. <laughs> and I, you know what? I have to admit that that is a clever pun. Okay, like, uh, I gotta look at it. It's like, uh, it's like yeah, <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. It was grown worthy, but you know what? At least they didn't try to make up like a, a really bad pun into a car. Like I don't know, maybe they would have had like um, 
uh, let's see, if they had a DeLorean, they'll probably have like a... Uh, something else but yeah i mean i'm just glad that you know they're able to play that because i mean there can only be so many jokes about cars so they have to like utilize everything about it but uh, i don't know it's i think just, that's it's I, I think we just uh, uh Patricia, i think we just inadvertently give them the idea for the sequel of cars 4 Gosh, no, 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 there's no, no, you do not do a sequel on Cars 4. You already did enough. There's no more to the story. If you're going to do a story about Cruz, separate it into its own thing. I don't want to see any more of Lightning McQueen. That story is over. I'm gonna say, Patricia, pointless. Get, Patricia, get, get the legal department on the phone. Make sure they don't steal our idea. So. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what? This is just like my podcast of Ghostbusters all over again, in which uh, when we, there was a 25th anniversary, or no, a 30th anniversary of Ghostbusters, and I had my friends over, we were talking about the franchise, and then I offhandedly said, uh, you know, about the whole thing about that they're never going to do Ghostbusters 3, and then I said, the only way they could be able to bring Ghostbusters back is if they did a remake of it. And I'm like, well, now they're doing a remake of it. And I'm like, yeah. damn it. They heard mm-hmm. me. So, you know what? Please, anybody from Pixar, please don't listen to this. I beg you not to listen to this. Please, uh, 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 I don't want I don't want a Cars 4. I do uh, not want a Cars 4. Yeah, and at least if you are going to do that, and if you do have, like, a, you know, a, a Cars version of the DeLorean, then at least have Christopher Lloyd or, you know, um, um, oh, his name just goes out of my head now. Michael J. Fox. Yeah, Michael J. Fox. I have one of those two voices, at least. You know, it's like, yeah, uh, please, that would be amazing. Yeah, at least give us something to enjoy. Uh, in this movie, they have Jay Leno, and he plays a, a role in this movie. And it, it, it makes a lot of sense because, number one, if you know about Jay Leno, he is a huge aficionado on cars. Like, right after he retired from his late night show, he did a whole YouTube channel about cars. And, you know, they, of course, called him Jay Limo, which, haha, another pun. Mm. So, yeah. Didn't they also bring in Arnold Schwarzenegger for that? Uh- for one of those, because uh, he was, yeah, he, he played the, uh, he played like the massive, um, you know, uh, Humvee. Uh, Did, he, uh, was it Arnold? Was it Arnold Schwarzenegger? I thought it sounded like Schwarzenegger. I don't know if it was just maybe, maybe it was. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe they got, uh, maybe they got, uh, 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 what's it? Oh, you know, the guy who played Big Bob, uh, Maurice Marsh to. Uh, oh, uh, to, yeah, Maurice yeah, Marsh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Maurice is in a lot of like Disney movies. Even more recently, he's the he's the king in Frozen. He was the the mole mafia boss in Zootopia. So they're using they're using a lot of um, Maurice nowadays in a lot of roles. Uh, Maurice could just voice voice his whole, voice an entire movie. Like, yeah, he like, can, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, 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 I, I just hire him, just get him to do all the voices, and uh, you know, it just saves me saves us a lot of money. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Anyway, back to cars. Uh, we have to talk about this again. While traveling down Interstate 40 to California, McQueen becomes separated from his uh, transport truck, Mac, and while he tries to catch up, uh, he becomes lost on Route 66, uh, catching the attention of local uh, Radiator Springs Sheriff uh, in the process and uh, chasing shoes, uh, during which McQueen crashes and gets tangled into the wires. Um... I don't know, like, um, uh, what did you think about this uh, chase scene? Uh, I think I thought it was actually kind of clever to like uh, how this old beat down, uh, you know, um, a sheriff car is uh, you know chasing after this uh, this you know this modern race car, and uh, you can hear like you know all this ba- you know his uh, muffler you know snapping every time, and it looks like it makes it uh, McQueen thinks that he's being shot at. Uh, by yeah. Someone. So uh, you know, it, it crazy. It, at least the misunderstanding uh, misunderstandings at least provide some kind of comedy to. Uh, 
There, that's true, but if I mean, but then again, there's no guns in cars, so how would they know what a gunshot is? I don't, yeah, that's, a, that's actually also a good point as well. But mind you, I think, mind you, we'll, we'll get to Cars 2 uh, eventually. Oh, I'm not looking forward to that. No, I think this is the, this is the, this is like the uh, the branch that you uh, that you hit before you hit the ground. I think Cars is, and then, then... You're, no, no, no. This is like no. You're. I, I would say that. You're the branch, and then when you fall down into Cars 2, you're at least six feet under. Yeah, probably. And then Cars 3, you're just picking yourself out from the grave. Yeah. So, actually, that's the thing as well, because, I mean, there's this so there's this old sheriff car, right, that um, somehow can keep up with this racer. Like, you know, and uh, you know, you, on top of that as well, you hear Lightning McQueen talk about saying, I, I am speed, I am speed, and yet he can't run, outrun an old police car. Yeah, that's actually really confusing because we did see in Cars 3 about how fast that lightning can go. And it was, I think it was like 800 miles per hour. I think that was his fastest when he was training with crews. So you're trying to tell me that this old police car, yet it's probably rusted, that is in a small town in Radiator Springs that probably hasn't had any modern things in a while, can be able to outrun him. And I can understand like, oh, it's a cop, but... I mean, I can understand that for, like, um, a newer cop, but no, this is, like, an old sheriff cop, and he can go faster. Logic. So, uh, somehow, then, in the middle of all of this, um, it's not shown on camera, but uh, Lightning McQueen just blanks out. And then it shows, like in the morning, that he's like you know, got a like a, a, a you know a, a one of those um, boots on his wheels to like stop him from moving and stuff. And then we get introduced to Mater, which is kind of oh a... god, Mater. Yeah, he's... Um, you know what? I've already mentioned this before in the Cars Three discussion, but my sister is a is a, was a fan of blue collar comedy, and they had four comedians. They had Bill Engvall, Ron White. Um, uh, Larry the Cable Guy, and uh, let's see the other one. Uh, I, for- I always forget his name. Um, Jeff Hawksworthy. There you go. Yeah. So uh, every single one of them have their own unique styles of jokes. Uh, basically, um, Jeff Hawksworthy uh, is always the one who says like, "You're a redneck if." blank like if uh, he would say like you know that you're a redneck if uh, you have a truck out in your front yard and it's filled with grass and rust or something ron white was very well known for having like whiskey and a cigar and he would be telling a bunch of jokes bill engvall was sort of like you know he'll be telling a bunch of stories and then larry the cable guy he would just basically you know be the similar thing in which he told a bunch of jokes and stand-up stories and out of the four of them Larry was the weakest, and I'm just surprised that out of all the people they could have gotten for this movie, out of the blue-collar comedy guys, they had to get Larry the Cable Guy, and oh my god, he's like one of the worst things about this movie. He's gonna be even worse in Cars 2. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would say the voice is 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 good i just don't think uh, i think it's do- i think the um i think what they gave him to work with uh, i think just couldn't translate and on top of that it just kind of reminds me of a uh, you know uh oh, you know you know um uh, lenny from My- of mice and men uh, yeah, yeah yeah basically it's like george where are we going to go george 
Yeah, it's just this. Uh... Yeah, I mean, he basically just like he's sort of like the he he basically became like the stereotype of the idiot, and that was featured in so many cartoons back in the day. If you ever see a Looney Tunes cartoon in which you would have a, a mean character named George, and then you have the dumb guy um, who basically just say like George, where are we gonna go, George? Where are we gonna go? Hmm. Basically, he was basically that archetype for a couple of decades. And yeah, he was a, the simple-minded idiot who um, was so strong for his own good. He would, you know, constantly like try to pet puppies and kittens, and he would be so strong that he would accidentally kill them. And then he accidentally killed um, the the boss's wife when he tried to stroke her hair. And then at the end, George um, finds Larry sitting down and thinking about the rabbits, and then just shooting him in the back of the head. So. You know, again, they played through that stereotype so many times, and I guess this is no different in which we just have the lovable idiot in the case of, um, of Mater. Uh, at least he has some kind of, like, wacky ability, like he can drive backwards without bashing into anything. So, uh, it doesn't really help much that he's all rusted and he has a few dents on him. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so, uh, as the enduring... Uh, sorry, uh, so, um, um, Lightning McQueen gets captured. And, uh, or arrested, or whatever, and he's taken to court, and uh, this is when we meet uh, Doc, which is... Uh, yeah, that's the... that. this is the Doc Hudson that we heard about in Cars 3, who would become his mentor. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you what, I actually do have to add something to this. Um, I was, um, you know, they played up Doc Hudson, uh, or, you know, uh, fab you know fabulous uh, Hornet Hudson, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't realize that the, uh, the voice actor who played him, Paul Newman, passed away. So, oh uh, yeah, I forgot yeah, about that. I forgot about that. So they basically wrote in that a uh, uh, you know Doc had died uh, between Cars and Cars Two. Okay, so. so you know what? That makes a lot of sense. That makes sense that he was able to not show up in Cars Three because he actually passed away at that point. So yeah, now it makes a lot more sense when looking into Cars Three. Mm -hmm. And apparently, I discovered something else. Uh, you know the uh, you know those additional lines of voices that uh, they got for Doc Hudson in uh, in in Cars Three. Uh, yeah. Apparently, they got that from uh, some of the unused uh, c clips that they had from uh, um, from from Cars and also Cars the video game. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's, that's really cool. So that's probably the first time we've had like you know rejected video game voice acting actually used in a movie. Mm. So that's, uh, that's as far as I'm aware. If there's anyone else out there that can say they've seen it, then please leave some comments in the in the description. Um, so, um, he gets captured, and uh, then he's uh, given the, uh, the punishments of uh, having to resurface the road. So, uh, yeah, which, um, yeah, th this, right here, when, you know, we see that Lightning was trying to run away from the cop, and then he basically just accidentally destroys everything, and then he has to clean it up. It kind of almost reminds me a little bit of the plot of Super Mario Sunshine, in which Mario is arrested, and he's told by the citizens of Al Delfino that he can't go anywhere until he cleans up everything, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, despite the fact that uh, I think uh, doesn't like Bowser and like you know he's like Bowser Junior turn up like uh, in front of them, and like you want to think that Penny would have dropped in that move, you know, in that from everybody when that happened. Yeah, I, I guess uh, you know the scene in which we have like the Shadow Mario who's painting everything and making all the mess. Uh, he does reveal himself over to Mario and Toadsworth that he kidnapped Princess Peach because he claims that. You know, it's his mama, and I guess nobody else in Al Delfino found that out, and they're blaming Mario for it. Oh, it's just, yeah, it's, uh, you can definitely tell uh, how that game ended up being like, you know, two, you know, three dollars in a in a bargain bin somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. 
Um, so um, he's given that task, and uh, when Doc Hudson reveals uh, McQueen, obviously McQueen the deal the, to to do that, then uh, McQueen gets to work, but uh, does a half-assed job, I believe, in uh, in doing it. And so basically, it's just still a complete mess. So as the enduring day passes, McQueen is disturbed by is disturbed by nightmares of Chicken winning the uh, Piston Cup and landing uh, the uh, sponsorship for Dinoco, and uh, Dinoco gets another m- mention in this. Uh, yes, Dinoco, the the same Dinoco that is the gas station in the Toy Story movies. And most likely, the dinosaur logo is where, um, what you call it, where the good dinosaur came from, which is a brontosaurus. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think about this is in the timeline, because isn't this, uh, I mean, Cars takes place after the human apocalypse, doesn't it, I believe? Yeah, and, uh, according to the Pixar theory, like, after the citizens of Wally leave, this is when the whole world gets repopulated in by Cars. But then again, we also have the alternative theory in which, you know, what happens if the meteor didn't crash into Earth and then we have the good dinosaur? So, yeah, I, it's like the Zelda timeline. There are so many alternative universe in the Pixar world that is, it, it makes your head spin. Oh my God, a, a, a human apocalypse in the Disney world. What is this, Fallout? Uh. <laughs> Yes, it's Fallout. Yeah, it's, it's Fallout Disney style. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's what Disney should do. They're, you know, the Kingdom Hearts game. They should do. They should do. A, they should do like something like Fallout and to base it in the Pixar world. Oh, that'd yeah. be that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. And maybe Sora could be exploring. It's like, where are all the humans? And they're like looking at him. It's like, you know, what are you? Some sort of strange creature? And maybe like Wally can show up. Mm. And you know, he sees that he's a human, and maybe he can bring uh, him over to Eve, and they can be able to, you know, then afterwards they bring him over to the new population of the humans that landed at the end of the movie or something. Yeah. And they I'm probably just, I'm just to think what, what exists at the moment because uh, the cars exist, and then. And don't the monsters also exist as well? Or are the monsters... Yeah, but then again, the monsters need the humans for scaring. So they need to exist. So, well, but they, but then the humans aren't on the planet at the moment, so they might eventually have... Have they died out at this point, or are they still, still there? Well, I mean, I don't know. That's actually a really good uh, question, because if the monsters need the humans for laughter or for screams, then they have no power. So that does that mean they need to find an alternative source of power? So they're probably scaring. Or... So they're probably scaring the cars, or uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're scaring oh, the no, cars. No, they're, make, they're making them laugh. Remember, because uh, they they were originally scaring them, but then they changed over to making them laugh because it was ten times more powerful than scream. Yeah, I can imagine they'll probably get Mater like their biggest source of laughter. Have my Wazowski tell a bunch of jokes to Mater, and then Mater will be laughing his ass off, and then maybe they'll generate a lot of power. Uh, oh God, I don't know. My brain hurts. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. But oh, and where, where did the Finding Nemo? What about Finding Nemo? Where does that line up? I don't know. What were we talking okay. about? What were we talking I, about again? We're talking about cars, but you know what? Oh, I think God. that despite my brain almost melting, I find this more interesting. Yeah. Um, he starts to do... So, um, um, Lightning McQueen starts to prevent everyone in the town and uh, how Radiator Springs start, was once the... Thri- then finds out how Radiator Springs was once a thriving town in the comple- before the completion of the interstate, which is Interstate 44, and then after that, uh, the everyone, everyone started uh, not going to the town anymore and it just became dilapidated. And uh, I'll tell you what, actually, that's... Uh, that's a pretty realistic, um, you know, complaint. I think to, you know, in in real life because, uh, you know, when, when they built when they built like, all these interstates and when they started, um, 
you know, uh, started make, you know make, making infrastructure far more modern. You know, it uh, it didn't take into account all the problems that you know that uh, you know like you know little towns like Radiator Springs would go through because uh, no one would be passing through their town anymore. And so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and so you know towns like this, they're like very few and far between, and there are like so distanced from everything else in society that they kind of like keep into their old antiquated ways. I mean, there's towns that have like less than 500 people or even a hundred people and they look really run down and they have like the old fashioned stores. I mean, if you look it up on like Google, then you can be able to see that some of those still exist and it's kind of fascinating, but at the same time, it's sort of sad knowing that they're kind of like the last in a, you know, in a, you know, the last bit of old Americana, you know, basically just taken up by modern civilization. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, and so, um, Lightning McQueen finally finds out about, uh, about Doc and finds out that he's actually the famous race car himself, the Hudson Hornet. And it was yes. a three time. Not only did he win one, uh, Piston Gub, he actually won two. He won three of them. So until the horrific car crash, uh, ended his career in 1954. Yes, and we didn't know about that in Cars 3 because it was shown uh, multiple times in the newspaper clippings. Yeah. Um, what did you think about that storyline? The fact that uh, you had, um, you know, this old race car that uh, was kind of like... Yeah, it's pretty stereotypical. Any other sports movie that you would see, you would always have the broken rundown of athlete and then he would train up the new guy. You see that in a lot in... It's, I, I think of Mickey from Rocky in which he was like um, known as like Mighty Mick and he was one of the best boxers, but then he became a broken down old grouchy man and then he starts training up Rocky. So the fact that he's sort of like, you know, passing the torch over to lightning is pretty stereotypical. And I guess it does fit well when in Cars 3, in which lightning passes the torch over to Cruz. Yeah, I'm just thinking because, uh, I mean, uh, but then funnily enough, Rocky would do it, do it himself in Creed. That's so, right, yes. Yeah. So uh, it's, uh, it's something that still is here to this day from Love mm-hmm. So. Um, so, Doc Bradley refuses to reveal much about his past, uh, despite, uh, despite McQueen witnessing an expertly uh, drifting around the, the uh, loose dirt road in uh, Willie's boot, uh, where McQueen crashed, uh, labeling his old uh, trophies as a bunch of empty cups. And uh, by the time that McQueen finishes uh, repaving uh, Radiator Springs Main Road, he has uh, formed a bond with the town and its residents. So, yeah, I didn't feel. It felt kind of rushed, I think, the, um, the, the bonding. I thought. Yeah, it did feel really rushed because there are so many characters, but they don't get a lot of screen time. I mean, you only get a lot of screen time from Lightning, Dog, <clears throat> Mater, mm. and a couple of other characters, in, in, including the love interest, and she's just there as a supporting love interest, and that's it. I mean, you know, if you are going to introduce all of these major characters... Give them enough screen time in which they have personality. Yeah, was I mean, was... Toy, Toy Story did a great job in which they had so many toys, but they knew where to keep the focus. Finding Nemo it was also a great example in which they had so many characters, but they knew where to put the time in developing the characters. So they've done this before. I'm surprised that you know a lot of the supporting characters were so weak. I was going to say because uh, haven't was the was the love interest in the third film. I can't even remember. She, she, she was. no, she was because uh, she was the one who convinces Lightning to get out of the garage when he was going through his funk. Oh, okay then. Yeah, I, I, I totally forgot about that. 
Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, it's and that's I think that the first movie, from what I remember, that's the most that she gets in the movie because I think in Cars Two, pretty much they, you know, from what I've remember from Jamboree's reviews, with Mater getting the major role, everybody else just gets pushed into the shaft, including Lightning himself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Bonnie, I think that's her name. Um, yeah, she really doesn't get a lot of development and. She's pretty bland and just there as the love interest. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a shame really because the um, the characters in that in there are um, you could do something with them, and uh, but the thing with with it is is that uh, yeah again you, like you said there's so many of them and they don't really get an opportunity to kind of like uh, put their time in. On top of that as well, uh, they kind of like keep giving us the uh, you know the the, the town itself. Being uh, part of the arc where they're trying to get you know c- you know tourists and like uh, you know um, visitors to like stay in the in the in the in the town and like do stuff and uh, it becomes quite obsessive and uh, they play on that and the problem is that uh, you're then creating them as a unit and not con- concentrating on them individually and I think that hurts them uh, while they're trying to uh, you know push this whole narrative of uh, uh, Radiator Springs trying to get back to its glory days. Right. Uh, and, and I'm sorry, her name is Sally. Bonnie is the name of the voice actress, Bonnie Hunt. Right. And uh, you're, you're absolutely right, because there are so many Cars characters that a lot of them get a lot more um, development than others. And when you see them, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember you. Uh, who are you again? So it just kind of like blurs in a way that you remember some of them, but then you don't remember most of them. And when they show up like late into the movie and they play a major role, you're like, who are these people again? Mm. So yeah, it it does get kind of disorienting. I mean, if you are going to introduce this many characters in a movie, then do with the, what you did with the previous movies, like toy story and um, monsters, Inc and um, finding Nemo. In which, uh, you know, build the world and then, you know, build up the characters, focus a lot on the main characters and then give a little bit of screen time with the other side characters to see what they're doing. Not so much as like, oh, you're going to build up this world and then you're going to build up the main character to be this uh, cocky jerk. And then all of a sudden he's just dropped into the middle of, um, you know, Radiator Springs and then he has to adjust and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, introducing a whole bunch of characters all at once that we can't keep up with it. Yeah, it's just it's uh, on top of that as well. Um, I mean, there was uh, there was something else about um, uh, um, about. Oh uh, yeah, here's the thing as well. Um, the whole main angle is um, uh, Lightning McQueen trying to get to California as quickly as possible. Don't you think he wastes a lot of time? In this yeah, film? I mean, he would have saved himself a lot of time if he would have done his job correctly, and he would have just been on his way. But then again, oh, well, he, couldn't, he um, couldn't do that because didn't... that that would have kind of like that was the that was the arc that he was on. He was like this this really uh, you know uh, impatient uh, you know cocky you know racing car. I thought you could you know just uh, do anything and uh, was. Uh, I guess that is true. You could make the argument that it's like if you gave um, it's like if you were telling a kid, uh, if like let's just say that. You 
you you were telling a kid who grew up with social media and instant gratification that he has to do something really slowly and he just doesn't know what to do and he kind of like half asses it and then he just gets tries to get away with it but you know that he did a pretty crap job and you have you tell him that he has to do it again until maybe he would learn his lesson about how it's done the old-fashioned way i guess this is kind of like the message about like you know a new guy can be able to see the old ways and kind of make a, a, a you know a big appreciation for it which it's nice it's 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 actually a pretty in, it's really a good lesson but it just kind of drags a little bit it doesn't help much that a lot of the characters there there's too much of them and it's not that there's a lot of characters. I mean, that is one of the major problems. But a lot of them just have, like, little to no personality. Yeah, I mean, Mater's yeah. just, like, the dumb redneck character. And yeah, yeah, but Sally the, the, is the, your... The, the thing um, with is, is that uh, um, the uh, it just feels like... Um, why did, you know, Lightning McQueen go on... Uh, it just seems like his... I mean, obviously, we knew why he went on the drive with Sally. Because, uh, you know, they, were, they, they had that thing. But uh, Yeah, I and mean, you in, might in as regards... well just put in... Can you feel the I love to... No. But then on top of that as well, there was like all the stuff with Mater, which I think was there just for comedy filler, just to give Larry the Cable Guy some laughable, you know, stuff to do. And uh, yeah. and then there was, uh, um, I mean, there was some other stuff in there which I totally forget, which I just think was, uh, you, know, you know, again, was totally unnecessary and just filling the And that's another reason why I felt like I had to take a break halfway through. Because it was like, I went through like the first hour and it was like, ugh! You know, I, okay, I'll, um, let, I'll, I'll come back to this and I'll finish it uh, later on. And then a couple of hours later, I went back to it and said, okay, then I'm ready to sit down and watch it again. It, that's not a good sign. This, this is the first Pixar film where I've actually wanted to take a break from it. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, even the good dinosaur, even though it had a generic boy and his dog story, I mean, you wanted to see if they were able to do anything creative with it. Yeah, I mean, at least you wanted to sit through the good dinosaur. I sat through it full... Through, through the good dinosaur, because at least there yeah, was Yeah, so did I. Yeah, but with cars, oh my god, I can't believe I had to kind of sit, I, I can't believe I had to tell myself, okay, I'll I'll finish this later. That's not a, that's not good at all. No, it's me. not. Especially if they're for a Pixar movie. I know. So for a, yeah, for a Pixar movie, you're enthralled with what kind of creative world and characters and story they're able to show. The fact that it's just a generic story with um, one-dimensional characters and a slow-paced, um, you know, slog of a story just doesn't really help much. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll tell you what, um, there is, I guess we're coming up to, like, the final third of the film, and I will give it this, I did actually enjoy the climax. Yeah, that, that was probably the best thing about the, the movie, because um, it was actually a little bit more interesting. It, it they, they brought the focus back to where it needed to be. And it actually told a really good lesson, which I do appreciate. Mm -hmm. And uh, mind you, the one thing I would like to have seen them do is that, because uh, I, I, you, know, you remember, um, you know, um, um, Lightning McQueen uh, went off to the one of the Los Angeles Speedway on his own. And mm -hmm. I would have preferved if they went to, it's like, uh, oh, you know, I don't have a pit crew anymore. I, you know, I wish they kind of went in that direction. I wish uh, Lightning McQueen had like just de you know separated himself from everybody he knew, like you know his pit crew, his uh, you know Dave, dare I say Mac, you know like uh, oh he can't get to the uh, thing anymore because he's just you know his uh, uh, selfishness and his uh, his uh, you know his uh, cocky attitude has basically just distanced himself. And then he then his character kind of gets built up when he's in Radiator Springs and he uh, finds friendship in all these people and he says, guys, can you come with me and help me win this race? 
And then you have, uh, then you bring in, because uh, uh, Doc uh, was brought in kind of like as, in a, as a surprise. And, uh, you know, it was it was nice to kind of see, oh, he's come back after 50 years and everyone was like giving him a nice applause and things like that. But uh, it just, um, I just felt like it would have felt more stronger if they all kind of like went all towards California together as like a team. And uh, then they went off to challenge, uh, you know, for the uh, for, for the Piston Cup. I just felt that would have been far more like it. More, ca- I felt that I think that the character would have been developed more if they kind of went in that direction rather than just you know shoving uh, uh, lightning in the, in the truck and just uh, trucking him off to California. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of- I mean, it did go in the, the typical route in which um, you know lightning does win the race, and they said, "Oh, congratulations, you get the sponsorship." And then he declines, and then he basically just goes back to Radiator Springs. I wish that the story would have played off in a more creative way in which, just like you said, maybe he would have had um, Mater and Sally and Doc come by and help him uh, win the race as his pit crew. And maybe uh, then he would probably go back to Radiator Springs, or maybe he would bring him alongside with him, and they would have adventures traveling around. But... No, I guess not, but it's for what it is, it's okay. Yeah, I thought the ending was quite bizarre because if I mean, uh, you know, poor, um, I mean, I even get his, I even get the, the, the you know, uh, strip the king weathers was a pretty, you know, he was just kind of there, wasn't he? Yeah, it, I mean, yeah. we could argue that even in Cars 3, where you have that new racer, he was kind of a jerk, but. At least he was consistent in a, as being a jerky character that Lightning wanted to go up against. But yeah, this retired veteran, the you know, strip the king vet Weathers, he, we don't really, yeah, he's not really that memorable. I mean, and he's supposed to be like the antagonist. Yeah, uh, I was, uh, well, no, he's not the antagonist. Uh, Ch- Chick, uh, Chick Hicks is the, uh, the antagonist. Oh, yeah, well, Ch- yeah, Chick yeah. Hicks. But I'm I talking mean, about like, you know, he's the, uh, he's supposed to be the one that he's supposed to be going up against. Yeah, you know? but on top of that as well, um, you know, when he crashes, and uh, then, if, uh, I don't know, it doesn't feel like it glues together that well when you think about it. Because uh, what, uh, uh, Lightning McQueen flashes back to like seeing that newspaper cutting of, uh, of a Hornet being, you know, uh, having to be forced to retire and being smashed up and stuff. And then he just stops, goes back, lets Chick Hick win the race. And then he goes and pushes the, uh, uh, pushes Strip Weathers over the line. And I'm like, uh, okay, that's nice, but... Uh, and uh, and I guess you know when he says at the end, why did you just let Chick Hicks win the Piston Cup? And he says, oh, it's just an empty cup. And it's like, really? It's like. Uh- well, I mean, it's no. I I guess yeah, I can understand that. Oh, you know, he was trying his very hardest, and you know, Hicks all he cared about was winning. And when uh, Weathers was crashing, and he was like so close, and then you know, um, Lightning just basically pushes him to the finish line. I, it kind of reminds me of this one video that I saw about a girl who was running over to. Um, you know, a race and she tripped and fell down and she was so close to the finish line that some of the racers came back and picked her up and helped her cross the finish line as like good team effort. I can see where they were going with that. It's probably nowhere near as infuriating as in Cars 3 in which there was a huge buildup to proving that Lightning McQueen was not a washed up has-been and then he was training so hard for the race and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I give up. I'm going to have Cruz race the rest for me. Yeah, so. it's, it's, yeah it's just, yeah. But um, anyway, um, so that happens, and uh, Chick Hicks wins the Piston Cup, and nobody cares, which is quite surprising. And uh, then, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I just think, 
I just I'm quite surprised that they went in this direction. That's all I can say. I, I guess it's I guess it is somewhat unpredictable. I guess and uh, but I don't know. It just feels like I'm very surprised that uh, you know these cars are that wholesome. I thought I thought you know on top of that as well they were really. I mean I guess they all saw that Chick was the guy who you know mashed mashed up a uh, spit weather and uh, I guess that's what get made people turn on him. I guess. But uh, I don't know. I just uh, I thought they would have been far more. I, just, I don't know. I just didn't feel. Like, like I said before, I mean, because there were so many characters, there wasn't enough time to develop them. So it would have probably been a lot stronger if we got to know them. Like maybe um, during the scenes in which, which I mean, you know, there would have been like more, you know, flashbacks over to, uh, you know, when they're getting closer to the speedway, and maybe they would. Um, what you call it, and maybe they would, like, train and they would be wondering, like, oh, where's Lightning McQueen? You know, he should have been here by now. And then they would be talking more about, you know, their motivations and stuff like that. But they, we don't really get that much of a build-up. Mm. They're just there as the antagonist, and that's it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was Cars. And, uh, so, um, I guess we should score it, I guess. And uh, okay, I mean, yeah. Uh, what what did we give? Um, Cars three. Um, I think we, what did we give it? Like a a six. Uh, let me just check the uh, the the chart, which uh, we. Uh, by the way, for those of you who do not know, we did do actually. Uh, I I did put up like a, a little graphic of like all the films that we reviewed, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, let me just uh, see which uh, where whereabouts we are. So we gave Cars three four point five. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. And I guess I probably go the same again. I give this a four. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a debate about which is better. If it's um, you know, Cars three or Cars, and yeah, I mean, if if we gave it like a four point five or a four, yeah, I would probably give it like r- more or less the same score because yeah. it's. I, I can't believe that out of all the franchises that became a huge hit, this became the cash cow for Pixar for at least a decade. Like, there were so many toys, there were so many shorts. It influenced the plain spinoff series. Oh, my God. It, knew, it, it, knew, it, it basically knew its audience and exploited them for everything that they were worth. Yeah, pretty much. And every other Pixar movie, like, afterwards, well, they were good, but they were nowhere near as, like, lucrative with its merchandise. So, yeah, uh, I I just don't see what the appeal is of this movie. It's just, it's pretty generic, and the characters are pretty non-existent and sometimes one-dimensional. There's some things to the story that could have been decent, but overall, for a Pixar movie, it's pretty weak. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so uh, for anyone who probably doesn't know, uh, the uh, budget of this film was $120 million, and uh, it did uh, $461,980,149 at the box office. So it pretty much eclipsed its uh, budget by quite a certain mile, and kind of understandably why there's uh, now like massive amounts of merchandise and, uh, you know, and other Cars movies that are currently being made. So uh, that's that. So, uh, uh, another picks mix, and uh, th- this one was kind of hard to go through because, as you probably can tell, me and Patricia are not entirely infused with the Cars franchise. And, uh, no, and for, for... we've we haven't even gotten to Cars Two, which many people say is the worst of the bunch, and we're not looking forward to that. Who wants to bet it's going to be the last film we do before The Incredibles Two? 
oh, please let it not be. Or, or even worse yet, that we spin the random wheel and Cars 2 will be the next one we talk about. Oh, well. Wishes luck, everybody. We're about to spin the random wheel for another Pix Mix soon, but until then, I've been Aaron. And Patricia. Take care. And uh, do something that isn't Cars, please. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.